You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Awesome work, everyone. That's a wrap on band practice. That was so punk. See you later. Did anyone see my guitar pick? Hey, that's my incredible new band, Loudly with a Chance of Scream Balls. We're kind of a post-punk, post-hardcore, post-ska, post-office, post-malone, post-serial rock band. And we've been practicing so much, like tons, like at least 45 minutes. We're finally ready for our big debut this Saturday. Now all I need is a, a cool flyer, a poster that'll convince everyone and their Doc Martin wearing grandma to turn up for our big show. Let's see. Hey, hey, friend. Do you like fun? Then come see my band. Okay? Please? Okay, bye. Ugh, that was terrible. It doesn't capture any of the essence of my exuberant yet slightly tortured musical genius energy. Let me try again. Ugh, no, that's worse. Ugh. No, why is this so hard? Hey, buddy. Oh, uh, by the looks of it, I'd say you're trying to make a flyer for your new band that captures the essence of your exuberant yet slightly tortured musical genius energy. (sighs) Is it that obvious? Why don't we ask the new Chatterbrain for help? It's the new software I made. Ooh, is that the new artificial intelligence-powered text generator you invented? Yeah, let me fire it up. And I'll type in a prompt. Let's see. Uh, write a jaw-dropping, eye-popping, cool-as-all-get-out flyer for my new band. Loudly, with a chance of screamballs. Our show is Saturday. Computing. Computing. Here you go. Okay, it says, Witness the musical stylings of a band that may or may not be playing music on a day that comes after Friday but before Sunday. And there's a picture of a carrot for some reason? Yeah, that's not the vibe, bro. But I do like the carrot. Yeah, it needs more oomph. Something that expresses your signature blend of heart-pounding beats, rebellious anthems, and raw, untamed energy. How did you know about our raw, untamed energy? Okay, Chatterbrain, can you write the flyer again but be more punk about it? Computing. Computing. Here you go. This is more like it. Scream your lungs out to the anthems of rebellion and unbridled passion. Tear down the walls and embrace the chaos loudly with a chance of scream balls this Saturday only. Okay, wow, it's perfect. And the carrot is wearing sunglasses now. And it has sideburns. Sideburns are so cool. This flyer is weird, but kind of amazing. Now... Can your AI also go out and post this on every telephone pole and message board in a 500-block radius? Sadly, no. Aw, man. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Molly Bloom, and I'm here today with Sydney from Encino, California. Hi, Sydney. Hi, Molly. So, Sydney, we're here to talk about AI, which stands for Artificial Intelligence. 
Artificial intelligence is when a machine can perform tasks usually only associated with human intelligence and get better over time. Yeah, some people think of AI and picture robots, but that's not quite right. Robots can have AI programs inside them the same way we have brains inside our bodies. But AI doesn't have to have a body. It can be a program on a computer or phone. Yeah, voice assistants like Alexa and Siri are powered by AI. How can I help you? Where is the nearest pajama slash theater costume store? Big Mama's Pajama Drama O-Rama is 1.5 miles away. And some search engines autocomplete sentences using artificial intelligence. You know, like when you start typing in cats are and it fills in options like Cats are cute. Cats are related to lions. Cats are better than dogs. Whoa, that's a hot take right there. Or when you're looking to stream a movie and it recommends something new, that's AI too. Based on your love of cooking shows and monster movies, we think you might like Kakenstein's Monster. And in the past few years, new AI programs like ChatGPT, Dolly, and Beethoven have started doing things we used to think only humans could do, like writing poetry, creating lifelike images, making music, and a whole lot more. Some people are excited about the possibility of AI, and some people are skeptical. Right. No matter what you think of it, it's best to start by trying to really understand what it is and how it works. So, Sydney, you wrote in to us with a question about AI. What made you curious about this topic? Um, at school, when they started teaching us about AI and how it works, I got interested in it. Do you use any artificial intelligence models in your day-to-day life? Um, sometimes. Maybe when I'm texting my friends, it will auto-generate some texts for me when I can't think of anything. Mm. So, I will... I'll ask it, saying, like, my friend is mad at me. What do I say to make her feel better? And it will write me something, and then I can edit it a bit, and then I'll copy and paste that. Oh, that's awesome. Do your friends know that you're sending them something? Okay, so you say, like, the AI wrote this for me? Yeah. And how do they feel about that? Is that something your friends do back to you, too? Yeah, I guess. Kind of. I don't really know. Okay. So you're like, I'm sorry you're mad at me. The AI helped me apologize to you, basically. Yeah. That's good. I mean, sometimes it's hard to find the right words, right? And if this artificial intelligence is drawing from other apologies, then, you know, probably does a pretty good job. Have you ever been, like, surprised at the texts it's helped write for you? Like, something that's totally unexpected? Yeah, sometimes because it's, like, nothing I've ever thought of. Like, oh, I really should have said that. (laughs) No, that's kind of like teaching you how to have good conversations with people in a way. Yeah. How handy. Does anything concern you about AI? Mm, Maybe that humans talk to it a lot, right? Mm -hmm. It's collecting all that information, and sometimes it can get more powerful, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you think there's possible for good... It makes you a little nervous. Yes. I mean, it's kind of fascinating because the AI stuff has really changed a lot in the last year. And a lot of new developments have happened. So when you're listening to this episode, you know, there could have been even more new things by the time this episode comes out. (laughs) Whoa, what was that? Tis I, the rose that knows. I can read palms, tea leaves, 
and table leaves and see into the future with these enormous goggles. They make me slightly dizzy, but I can't return them, so. <laughs> ah! An image is emerging. I see a young girl whose name begins with P. No, sorry. Sydney? Yes, and, and Sydney is eating a cinnamon raisin bagel with cream cheese. Oh, it's Brains On producer Rosie DuPont, otherwise known as the Rose That Knows. Hi, Sydney. Hi. I just had a vision. I saw you eating a cinnamon raisin bagel with cream cheese in my future goggles. That'll happen within the week Guaranteed. Are you excited? Uh, I guess. Great. Me too. That'll be $5, please. Uh, Sydney does not need to pay you, Rosie. Oh, clients never want to pay me for my brilliant and occasionally accurate fortunes. My only paying fortune-telling job right now is writing fortunes for fortune cookies. And now I'm worried AI might take that job too. Nothing could ever replace you. Your fortunes are so unusual. Like, remember the one that said, looking for a fortune? You've come to the wrong place. I'm just a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. I like the one that said, thanks to you, this fortune cookie is broke, much like the fortune teller writing this fortune. Oh, too real. I've been practicing my fortune writing skills for years, and they're still middling at best. Oh, but I am extremely competitive, and I refuse to let AI beat me at my own game, so I decided to learn all of its secrets. I can tell you how it works if you're interested. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so first things first, artificial intelligence is a tool. And humans have been using tools to make their lives easier for at least two million years. Early humans used simple tools like the wedge and the hammer to get things done. Fast forward, and tools got more complex. There was the wheel. The printing press. The toilet. The train. Computers. Refrigerators. And radios. Then, around 1950, the first AI was born. Artificial intelligence programs were different from all the other tools that came before, because they were designed to complete tasks that, up until that point, could only be performed by human brains. brains On. Nice. So that got me thinking, how do AI programs work? Turns out an artificial intelligence model is an algorithm. I have definitely heard of algorithms. Yeah, I remember talking about algorithms in high school math class. Yeah, it's a word we hear everywhere these days. And even though it sounds fancy, an algorithm is just a set of instructions. For example, my algorithm for making a soft-boiled egg would be put water and egg in a pot, turn on stove, bring to boil, boil for 3.5 minutes, turn off stove, crack egg, enjoy. I love soft-boiled eggs. That's my second favorite breakfast. Hold on. Molly, I'm getting a feeling. There's a tingling in my toes. Is your first favorite breakfast 
cottage cheese with pineapple and a cup of strong black coffee? <gasps> How did you know? Is it because Molly's eating cottage cheese with pineapple and drinking black coffee right now? Sydney, shh. Oh, yeah. Anyway, to work, an AI model or algorithm also needs a computer to follow the instructions and data, which is a big pile of information. Data can be a lot of different things. It could be a bunch of fortune cookie fortunes or web pages and books about a specific topic, like cooking, for example. Okay, so for an AI model or algorithm to run, you need a computer and lots of data. Bingo. I'll give you an example. Pretend I want to have an AI do my job and write a fortune for me. Not that I do, but here's how it would work. I'd open an AI model that's designed to write things. This AI model was created by humans feeding a computer program a big pile of data. The data, in this case, would be a massive number of books, articles, blog posts, and other pieces of writing, mostly written by humans. The AI program has figured out patterns in the data by looking at it over and over again and gotten really good at predicting the next word in a sentence. Surprisingly, once the model learns this skill, it's able to do a bunch of other tasks like write stories, summarize complicated ideas, and even write computer code. So to get this AI system to write a fortune for me, first, I'd give it instructions. Write fortune cookie fortune about dogs and birthdays. And the AI would take my sentence and break it apart into individual words. Write fortune cookie fortune about dogs and birthdays. Then it put each word into its algorithm. And based on the patterns it's learned from its data, it'd make a best guess at what the next word in the fortune it's writing might be. Making best guess. Keep in mind, the AI doesn't actually understand the meaning of the sentence. It's just seeing what sorts of words might follow other words. Like if I said, it was so hot my ice cream blank, the AI would probably guess the next word is melted. Exactly. Or if a sentence started with, Tiffany was so tired, she needed... The algorithm might add the words, a nap. Or more coffee. Right. Often, there's more than one word that could go next, so that's why AI programs can come up with so many unique sentences. As the algorithm guesses one word after another, the program spits out its answer and voila! You have your fortune about dogs and birthdays. Here it is. Wag your tail. It's your birthday. Hmm, I don't know if that's the best fortune. Yeah, what if it's not your birthday or you don't have a tail? Yeah, true. Not a huge fan, but it's a good example for my purposes because it shows us that AI isn't always great at doing the job it's been given. Humans have to train AI models so their algorithms get more specific and their answers get better. Wait, I I have to ask, uh, what do you think of my version? Let me just adjust my uh, fortune-telling goggles. And okay. Getting older is a doggone pain in the tail. But don't give up. You're doing possum. Hmm. Yeah, it's... uh... Okay, I get it. Like me, 
AI learns through trial and error. And just like an AI model, I need a human teacher to help me get better. Any feedback? Maybe make it a little more positive? Yeah, and maybe, like, actually a fortune that predicts the future? Noted. Okay. Okay, I'll take it in stride. (laughs) All right. How about, uh... Happiness and cake are coming your way, for soon you'll see a dog's birthday. Oh, that's much better. And now I really want to get invited to a dog birthday party. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. (sighs) Yeah, that one's the best of the three predictions by far. Thanks, Molly. That reminds me. Another thing to keep in mind about AI is artificial intelligence models sometimes get things totally wrong. For example, Google's chatbot, Bard, made an error in its very first demo in early 2023. It claimed that the James Webb Space Telescope took the very first pictures of a planet outside of our own solar system. That is not true. The first image of an exoplanet was taken all the way back in 2004, almost 20 years ago, by a totally different telescope. Awkward. I'll say. But it's relatively easy for AI models to make mistakes like this because they are making a best guess at the right answer. They aren't all-knowing, like, say, me, (laughs) for example. Ah, Well, anyway, humans are still developing lots of AI tools, and some systems have done more and better training than others. So some are better at guessing the right answers than others. With that in mind, you shouldn't automatically trust what a model writes or creates because it might not be true or right. Oh boy, okay, we will keep that in mind. Please do, because an artificial intelligence is only as good as the data it has. So like, if I had an artificial intelligence model and I wanted it to tell me how to cook a soft-boiled egg, but it didn't have good information on how to cook eggs, it would probably give me a strange and incorrect answer. Speak softly. Ball water. Crack egg on head. Soft, boiled, and egged. Not the way I want to start my day. (laughs) So remember, AI models are good at doing a lot of things, but don't assume what they say is true. We won't. Lucky for me, my fortune cookie fortunes never have to be factually accurate, so I'm going to go make some things up. And hopefully they'll be weirder and more creative than anything my AI competition dreams up. I believe in you, Rosie. Yeah, I bet your fortunes are going to be positively possum. Thank you. (gasps) Wait! My future goggles are giving me something! A migraine. But also... A vision! I can see myself surrounded by... Adoring fans, and I'm at the fan store. Huh. Not surprising, really. I've been needing to get a new fan. It's been hot lately. Uh, Toodaloo, you two. Bye, Rosie. Bye. All right, Sydney, that was a lot of information about artificial intelligence, but now it's time for you to use your human intelligence to make a best guess, because it's time for the... Are you ready? Yes. All right, here it is. 
you think? Um, it sounds like a microphone rubbing into a carpet or like a jacket, like something soft. Ooh, yeah, that's a really good guess. I have no idea what it is either. It kind of sounded to me like, I don't know, shoveling carpet. I mean, it sounds like carpet was involved. (laughs) But I don't know why you'd be shoveling the carpet. Like something fuzzy being rubbed. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're going to get another chance to hear it, make a guess, and hear the answer after the credits. So stay with us. Hey friends, we're working on an exciting new quiz show about prehistoric animals, and we want to hear from you. Pick your favorite prehistoric creature and write us a haiku about it. A haiku is a short poem with five syllables in the first line, seven syllables in the second, and five syllables in the third. Sydney, do you have an example of a prehistoric haiku you'd like to share? Yes, here's my example. Mighty Mosasaurus, swimming in the deep blue sea, roaring with delight. Oh, that was excellent. Well done. Can you describe what a Mosasaurus looks like? It's a prehistoric animal that is really big, and it's like a shark. Oh, so very cool. Well, listeners, we want to hear from you. Record yourself reciting your haiku and send it to us at brainson.org slash contact. And while you're there, you can send us mystery sounds, drawings, and questions. Like this one. What's the difference between a mouse and a rat? Again, that's brainson.org slash contact. Keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by Sitka Seafood Market. Seafood is a great source of long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, which can support heart health. Salmon is one of my favorite foods, and so it's so delightful when a box of amazing quality, beautiful salmon arrives at my door. Sitka Seafood Market sources from small boat fishermen and community-based processors that take great care to provide the highest quality seafood that is wild-caught, sustainably, and ethically harvested. And one of the best parts is Sitka Seafood Market offers a variety of flexible subscriptions that can come monthly or every other month. It's super convenient, so if you're going on vacation, you can pause or you can cancel any time. I know you'll love it as much as I do. Go to SitkaSeafoodMarket.com and use code MOLLY35 for $35 off your first order of $100 or more. That's SitkaSeafoodMarket.com, promo code MOLLY35 for $35 off your first order of $100 or more. That's SitkaSeafoodMarket.com. You're listening to Brains On. I'm Sydney. And I'm Molly. And today we're exploring the how and why of AI. We learned that AI, or artificial intelligence, is all around us. And that AI programs are different from other tools because they can imitate human intelligence and learn over time. But AI gets better at doing things through trial and error. And sometimes the guesses it makes aren't quite right. So it's always good to double-check the answer AI gives you. As AI gets better and better, it's going to change our lives in unexpected ways. Here to talk to us about that is writer, researcher, and winner of the Rhodes Scholarship, Avital Balwit. Hi, Avital. Hi, Sydney. So, Avital, can you explain how AI works? So, I guess I mostly think about the type of AI that I work on, which is sort of large language models. And these are basically computer programs that have read a bunch of different things. They basically read the entire internet. And they've gotten really good at sort of predicting the next word that'll come next in a sequence of words. Um, But they haven't just learned that skill. By reading all that material, they also got really good at other skills like summarizing 
things that you ask them to summarize or answering questions or writing code. And so they've gotten a bunch of different skills that work in a bunch of different areas. But they're basically big, very smart computer programs. So Avital, you think a lot about the ways artificial intelligence might impact our lives in the future. Imagine a day 15 years from now. Can you describe how we might encounter AI over the course of that day? Sure thing. Yeah, so the first thing that might happen is that you'd be woken up by your AI assistant. And your AI assistant is an agent that exists just to help you. And so they answer questions that you have. They help you run errands. And today, they would wake you up with a song they made just for you based on the type of music that you like. And after that, you might take some vitamins. And that's because AI has helped invent new medicines that help people be healthier and to live a lot longer. And then you might decide to go to a restaurant for lunch and you would take a self-driving car to get there. And you'd meet some friends there and there would be robots there helping to make the food and serve the food. And it would be easy to talk to these robots in a very natural way. And after lunch, you might decide to go to a park and you'd notice that there are a lot more people around during the day um, because people don't have to work quite as much. And so you'd see people doing hobbies and spending time with their friends. Um, And then in the evening, you might decide to watch a movie, but all the movies at home are movies that you've already seen. And so you'd ask your AI system to create a movie based on a story that you come up with, and you'd fall asleep watching that movie together. Wow. I was also wondering, do AI models have emotions? Can AI get angry or scared? Right now, we don't think that AI systems have emotions, Um, but sometimes they seem like they do, and that's because they've read a bunch of books where humans and characters have emotions. And so you should think about AI systems right now as kind of like actors in a play, and they're playing characters that have, have emotions and might say that they're angry or scared or happy or sad, but the actual AI models aren't feeling these things as far as we know. Um, but AI systems are getting smarter and more complicated every year, so it's possible that this will change in the future, and this is something that people are researching. But right now, we think that AI systems are just sort of imitating the things they've read. Wow, that's really interesting. But can AI make us smarter and nicer? I think that AI systems will probably be able to make us smarter and nicer. Um, You can think about right now when you're in class, you might have a bunch of questions for your teacher, but there's probably only so many questions of yours that they can answer before they need to move on to another student. Um, But with an AI system, they can spend a lot of time explaining different topics to you and they can explain them to you in exactly the way you like. Like maybe you like to learn by being told stories and the AI system can help with that. And so it could be sort of a really great teacher or tutor. And they can also probably help you be nicer because at my company, we try to make AI systems that are very polite and patient. And so you can talk to them about your problems. They can help you think through them and they have a bunch of time to help you work on different things. And so in the same way that a good teacher can help you become more of the type of person that you want to become, AI systems can probably do this too. How can we make sure that an AI model is honest in telling the truth? That's a really great question. And a lot of people are working on this problem because right now AI systems sometimes get things wrong or make things up. So one thing that we're trying to do is something called interpretability. And that's a fancy word for basically doing brain science on the models, on the AI systems. Like right now, if you do a brain scan on a human, you can see part of the human's brain is for long-term memory, part of it's for vision. And basically, we're trying to do the same thing on AI systems so we can understand what's going on in there. And that might be able to help us see whether it's telling the truth or not. And that can help us know when we're able to rely on what our AI system is saying, because we want to be able to trust what it's saying. Can AI go rogue? Can it do things that we can't predict? Can it start doing stuff on its own? Yeah, so right now, AI systems are are basically chatbots. And so they're things that you ask questions to, and they can answer your questions. 
um, but they're not doing a bunch out on their own in the world. So right now, you don't need to worry about AI systems going rogue. People are trying to make AI systems smarter and smarter every year and make them more independent so that they are able to go and do more things out on their own. And so this might be something to worry about in the future, but there's a lot of really smart people working on this problem and trying to find ways so that even in the future, AI systems still listen to us and still do what we want them to do. And this is a problem that we think we'll be able to solve by the time we have to worry about it. Hmm. So, Sydney, what's one thing you'd want AI to help with in the future, like Avital was talking about? Making things that are specially designed for you, like songs, mm. medicine, and movies. Yeah, that movie idea blew my mind. <laughs> like, we can make a movie? I know. Avital, what is like one thing you hope that it can do in the future that can help humans with? Mm. I think sometimes I want to visit my friends, but they're really far away. And I bet there are ways to design like trains or planes so that they're very safe and very fast and even good for the environment. And so I would love if AI systems could help me design some kind of transportation so that I could visit people even when they're really far away really quickly. Ooh, I love that idea. Thank you, Avital. Thank you. Yeah, Sydney, I really enjoyed these questions. Thank you so much for making them. You're welcome. Brains. It's okay if you're kind of weirded out by the idea of AI. It's a strange new technology. Yeah, we have no idea how it might change our lives, for better or worse. And you might hear a lot of people make big predictions about what it'll be like in the future. AI is going to outsmart us by next year. It's going to replace teachers and raise our kids. I bet it'll be the next big comedian. Let's be real, it's probably going to fall in love with me. Ooh, I'll have so many AI Valentine's cards. No way. AI's dating Taylor Swift. AI is going to stop climate change. No, it's going to destroy the economy. Uh, but like, what if it invents a new kind of cake? Like, extra cakey cake, you know? I could get down with that. But here's the thing. Us humans, we don't have the best track record when it comes to predicting how new technologies will change the world. Yeah, sometimes we've been right, but sometimes we've been way off the mark. Like electricity. When it first came out in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, people worried that it would eliminate jobs. But electricity actually brought about more jobs. Then there's flying cars. Oh, yeah. During the 1950s and 60s, lots of people thought flying cars would be the next big thing in transportation. Sounds cool, but would there be sky traffic? Ugh, it would totally wreck the view. <laughs> Luckily, we're nowhere close to flying cars yet, but self-driving cars might be pretty common soon. Oh, and calculators. They seem like a no-brainer. Like, who would be offended by a calculator? Right. But when pocket-sized calculators were first introduced in the 1970s, some people thought they were going to hurt students. Like, how would kids ever learn math if they used calculators? They'd never be able to pass a test on their own. And their brains would turn to mush. Obviously, that didn't happen. And we still do some math by hand and some with calculators. But sometimes our predictions are right on the money. For example, science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke gave a speech in 1976 where he envisioned a world where everyone had the equivalent of a personal computer. And it's kind of amazing because back then, computers were just being introduced. 
they were humongous, often had to be connected to an external screen like your TV, and they were expensive, like the equivalent of over $6,000 today. But he knew this machine would keep getting smaller and more convenient until it became part of everyday life. Now we carry computers around in our pockets. Right, those are our cell phones. So Sydney, do you have any other hopes for AI? Maybe if they could be able to help with traffic and prevent lots of car accidents. Oof, I love that. How about you, Molly? I'm hoping that AI can help us with climate change, like maybe help us conserve energy and waste less, potentially. Help the planet out. That's my hope. Okay, people, get ready for the ride of your life. It's the band Neighbors called too loud and incapable of tuning. We're loudly with a chance of scream balls. And this is our new song, Anarchy in the AI. Hit it. In the neon glow, we'll make our stand to find our way in this brave new land. Is the future now or is it a lie? Should we smash it up or give it a try? Yeah, it's a brave new world of AI. Digital hearts, a technicolor lie. Lost in circuits, our spirits try to hold on tight as wires multiply. AI is when a machine can complete tasks typically associated with human intelligence and learn to improve over time. We learned that AI models are algorithms that have learned skills by processing lots of data on very powerful computers. And that AI models are trained by humans to produce more accurate answers. And that one day, AI might become better than humans at doing certain tasks. So it's up to us humans to manage AI and make sure it's doing good for the world. Sydney, do you think humans are up to the task? Yes. Me too. Well, that's it for this episode of Brains On. This episode was written by Rosie DuPont and Anna Weggle, with production help from Molly Bloom, Anna Goldfield, Aron Waldos-Lassie, Shayla Farson, Nico Gonzalez-Whistler, Ruby Guthrie, and Mark Sanchez. This episode was edited by Sandin Totten and sound designed by Rachel Breeze. We had engineering help from Alex Simpson and Jay Markovitz. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The executives in charge of APM Studios are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Special thanks to Angelica Chen and Stephen Liu. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. There are lots of ways to support the show. Head to brainson.org. While you're there, you can subscribe to our Smarty Pass, which lets you listen to ad-free episodes and other awesome bonus content. And you can submit your questions and haikus. We love getting haikus from yous. Okay, Sydney, are you ready to listen to that mystery sound again? Of course. Okay, here it is. Okay, new thoughts. What are you thinking? So, I kind of changed my mind. It sounds like it's sweeping something because in that Ooh. pattern, you know? Well, yeah. Like that's, yeah, it's rhythmic for sure. Yeah. But definitely, okay, I'm thinking like sweeping a carpet back and forth. That's my answer. Great idea. I think it's someone 
um, brushing the hair of a snowman. <laughs> I'm guess. just putting it out there. I think it's possible. <laughs> you know, you got to style your snowman's hair, right? I guess. Okay. You ready for the answer? Yes. Okay, here it is. Hi, Pinzon. My name is Amanda, and I live in Delhi, India. And that was the sound of me pressing my beanbag. Bye. Thank you. Oh, like a beanbag oh, chair. I have a beanbag. I don't know why I didn't <laughs> recognize that. But yeah, now that you've heard it, does that make sense? That it's a yeah, beanbag chair? it makes so much sense because I always press against it. Like when I sit yeah. on it, it makes that exact sound. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to hear these sounds out of context. You're like, I've never heard that before in my life, even if you hear it every day. I do that every single day. <laughs> Amazing. Is it comfortable, your beanbag chair? Yes. Mm. It's really big, so I like to sit on it a lot. Sounds delightful. Now it's time for the Brain's Honor Roll. These are the incredible kids who keep the show going with their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. Rashid and Raid from Wellington, New Zealand, Peter from Kent, Ohio, Ginevra from Santa Fe, New Mexico, Rosie and David from Chicago, Anna from Pennsylvania, Heavenly from Somerset, New Jersey, Sebastian from Los Angeles, Daphne and Elliot from Midlothian, Virginia, Vivian and Elizabeth from Fairport, New York, Emma from McKinney, Texas, Jonathan from Round Lake, Illinois, Cedar and Sage from Westchester, Ohio, Ada from Suffolk, England, Grand from Grays Lake, Illinois, River from Fort Wayne, Indiana, Yuba from Nevada City, California, Siki from Palo Alto, California, Nora from Brooklyn, New York, Gaia from Chicago, Chicago, Ariana from Coventry, Rhode Island, Elias from Long Beach, California, Rowan from South Pasadena, California, Ollie from Melbourne, Australia, Susan from Hobart, Australia, Arlo and Eden from Golden, Colorado, Waverly from Lone Jack, Missouri, Bonnie from Dallas, Texas, Emerson and Hayden from Medford, Massachusetts, Dominic and Lorenzo from San Diego, California, Sophia from Philadelphia, Audrey from Durham, North Carolina, Catherine from Abina, Japan, Clara from Amsterdam, Brielle from North Lauderdale, Florida, Michelle from Maryland, Emerson from Italy, Caden from Brisbane, Australia, Callista and Emerson from Medina, Ohio, Gus from Tetonia, Idaho, Everett from Dixon, California, Ava from New Braunfels, Texas, Indy and Phoenix from Portland, Oregon, Audrey from Sammamish, Washington, Nate from Leduc County, Alberta, Avi from Kennedale, Texas, Anders from Naperville, Illinois, Luca from Vineyard, Utah, Jenna from Springfield, New Jersey, Belden from Santa Cruz, California, Soren from Asheville, North Carolina, Aiden from Silver Spring, Maryland, Maeve from Brooklyn, New York, Jack from Hoboken, New Jersey, Cadence and Cormac from Canningvale, Australia, Naomi from Albuquerque, New Mexico, Zoya from Atlanta, Adam from South Beloit, Illinois, Izzy, Levi, and Finn from Chicago, Jack from Boise, Idaho, Sophie from New York City, Liliana from Brooks, Alberta, Nguyen from Hanoi, Vietnam, and Lucy from Longmont, Colorado. We'll be back next week with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.